0: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, uh, either on Patreon, a daily, or wherever you get your podcast. This is a shorter episode, mainly because the Eric Bischoff tour finished this week, and I'm now away for a weekend away. So I'm trying to balance, you know, still making sure there's a little bit of Power Slam podcast going out this week, but not, uh, you know, not, un- not, not unwinding. But I'm here with Finn Martin as always. Hi Finn, how are you?
1: Penny, I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. How How is it you're in there? Uh... In Mull at the moment, I believe.
0: Yes, I'm in Tobermory on in the Isle of Mull. It's, it's, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's uh we, we finished the tour on Thursday night, and then we drove up here on Friday. So it's been nice to just kind of get away, uh, relax, and yeah, it's been it's been a, a, a big week. Uh, with the tour, uh, went really well. Um, so yeah, but it's good it's good to to have a bit of a relaxation. We've not spoken on a podcast in five days. It always feels. Or four days. Anyway, it feels it feels wrong when I've not spoke to you in a little while. It feels like I've, you know, it, it's a comfort when we speak. When it we feels get...
1: like you've missed out, Kenny. That's what you're really trying to say. Isn't exactly,
0: it? exactly. I've missed out on the F Martin Bants, so <laughs> I'm glad that we're back in action. So uh... your
1: week is now complete.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But um, yeah, so we're we're just going to cover R- Raw today. We're going to cover Monday Night Raw. And that's what we're going to cover for this podcast. Then we'll do an overrun where we do some uh, questions and some news. But um, let's dive in, then to this past Monday's Raw. Um, and obviously, a big part of Raw now is the kind of Cody Rhodes, so uh, Sammy's and Kevin Owens, and um, Judgment Day stuff. And we had that kind of at the beginning of the show when Cody came out. We're still getting this idea of who's going to be drafted to SmackDown. Um, Cody and Cody and Jay are there. Um, we end up and having... could it be Cody I to mean, set
1: up this Cody-Roman Reigns rematch?
0: I mean, it feels like that's what it could be, right? Because we had Cody say that line where he said, something tells me we're not in the third inning anymore, boys. Which was obviously Paul Heyman's famous line at the post-WrestleMania press conference this year which I think in baseball, there's nine innings. So the idea that we were on the third was people were, you know, we talked about it at the time, right? Where people were a bit up in arms, like we're only a third of the way through the story. Yeah. But I mean, it feels like it's, it's got to be Cody, right? It feels like it, doesn't it? Because I mean, he's the one who keeps
1: bringing it up. No one else mentions it, just him. So, you know, Jay is a big deal player who's gone from SmackDown to Raw. So one imagines it's going to be a major star who makes the journey from Raw to SmackDown as a reciprocal thing. I mean, that stands to reason, doesn't it? It's not, you know, they're not going to get like, you know, Natalia in exchange, are they?
0: I mean, that would be some exchange. To get Jay Uso for Natalia. <laughs> I mean, we'd probably be able to get some mileage out of that, Kenny. Oh, we oh we we, we absolutely would. Uh, but yeah, so Cody, Cody and Jay are talking about it. Or you know Cody's talking about the Jay thing and the fact that he was drafted to raw, the fact that he's you know, there's gonna be a smackdown trade, not not in the third inning anymore. And then the judgment day come out. They talk that they gave Jay a choice to join a real family in the Judgment Day. Uh, Jay also ends up uh, joining Cody in the ring. So we've kind of got that going on. And then um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn hop the barricade. They join them. So we've kind of got a four on four. And then JD McDonough walks out, gives a chair to Balor, keeps one for himself. And the baby faces ended up kind of clearing the Judgment Day away. But, I mean, this... Feels like it's going to be setting up war games, a survivor series, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I mean, I was thinking, well, maybe an eight man at Fastlane, maybe because I mean, the series is not for another two months, is it?
0: Yeah, although, because well, after, because after, we've got Fastlane a week today, yeah, and then after that, we've got the, the Saudi. A crown jewel show on the fifth of November, I think it is, and then Survivor Series um, the, what is that the nineteenth of November this year, something like that. But
1: uh, was it the eight, Was it, it was that the eighteenth or the twenty fifth? Wasn't it?
0: Survivor. Yes, I'll find out. But uh, yeah, it, it feels like to me if they were going to do the eight man tag that we would have it announced by now. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the plan is to do it on the go home show on Monday. Um, yeah, it,
1: it just, I see what you mean. It did, it did feel like, yeah, you know, if War Games was taking place in two weeks, then for sure that would have been the War Games match. Yeah. But I imagine that if Cody is going to be transferred or drafted to SmackDown, it will take place, you know, probably next month at the latest. I can't imagine that they're going to spin this out for another two months before they draft him to SmackDown. I just can't see that happening. So, um, and like, you know, it it does seem like, I mean, Survivor Series in wrestling terms seems like it's far away, a distant thing in the future. You know, it's we've got so much, so much will happen before Survivor Series takes place. So you wouldn't really set it up in the way that you did on Raw Uh for a show that's, you know, that's peaking too early for a show that's going to take place in two months. Um, but I mean, fans were really into it. I mean, I thought the, the angle played really well. Um, with Judgment Day, they were going to take Cody down and then reinforcements arrived and then they retreated. Then JD turned up with the chairs. Then they attacked uh, Cody, Jay and Sammy and uh, Kevin Owens and the faces ran off the heels. Um, so I thought it was all really well done. And this, of course, was uh, designed to lead to the main event, wasn't it, Kenny?
0: Yes, it was designed to lead to the main event of the show. Which, you know, when When you do that... It's a pretty, like, you know, tried and tested formula. You do this big opening segment and then it leads to the main event where you've got Priest and Balor against Owens and Zayn for the tag titles, which, of course, in the end, Priest and Balor retained their titles. Um, With with, help from JD McDonough again. With help from JD, the continued story of him, you know, kind of passing the test with flying colours, really.
1: Exactly. I mean, you can see the headline now, can't you? Judgment Day. McDonough <laughs> when he's accepted into the crew when he becomes part of
0: the team. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and, and the I I do I, I did see some people saying and I think it's a fair criticism of it does feel that we are kind of watching the same matches every week on Raw. Kind of feels like a mix of the Judgment Day versus Owen Zayn Cody, you know, re- kind of rinse and repeat. So it will be curious to see if they do go with war games, if it still feels fresh by then, if they're still trying to have variations of them wrestling every week. But for now, I'm still into it. I think it's still fresh enough. But if it's two more months or, yeah, because Survivor Series is on November 25th, so almost two more months. Yeah, well, exactly.
1: You know, Raw was, this Monday was on September 25th, so it's two months off. So it's hard for me to believe that this is still going to be hot or they're even still going to be doing this feud in two months. Surely yeah. they aren't. Surely they will have changed direction in two, in two months' time, I would think anyway.
0: Yeah, you would think so. So yeah. well, I
1: mean, I, this was a hell of a main event. In fact, the Raw was a really good show. There was like no low points. The fans were into everything on this show. I mean, and when I say everything, I mean everything. What a crowd. And, yeah. and this was one of the best Raws of the year, if not of the decade, in terms of... Energy, crowd response—just nothing on the show to me was a flop. Everything on this show worked. Even Tegan Knox versus Natalia—you <laughs> know, great to see Tegan Knox get some, you know, match time. She won the match. She had some mic time. You know, it felt like, you know, when all the releases were announced, she was mistakenly added to the list. Wasn't she? One yes. Spot.
0: And yes, it, she was.
1: And like. You know, whenever that was, that two weeks ago now, two weeks, two, ago, yeah,
0: yesterday. two weeks ago yesterday, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, actually, I thought, no, it wasn't the talent a week ago, and then it was the staff two weeks ago, well, whatever it was earlier oh, this no, week, no,
0: no, no. it was it was eight days ago from when we recorded this because it was like, yeah, because we ended up talking about the releases on Tuesday because it happened right, last yeah. Friday,
1: that's right. So, I mean, when she was mistakenly added to that list, I was not surprised at all because she had done nothing since she returned. So to me, I thought she was a prime candidate um, to be axed from the roster because she was just seen as expendable and not part of the
0: plans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
1: And uh, happily, you know, she wasn't cut loose. And here she was on Raw this past Monday, um, you know, having mic time, showing fire, um, saying that she wanted a match with Becky Lynch. And then Natalia came along and said, you know, Knox should wait her turn. You know, and Natalia was utterly obnoxious, as usual. Mm-hmm. And that led to a match, you know, proposed by Adam Pierce between Knox and Natalia. They agreed to it. And I thought this was Nox's best match on the main roster to date. And she she's never really impressed me. And I thought she actually looked more than respectable here. And, you know, part of that is probably down to Natalia. We knock her a lot. But, I mean, she is often a safe pair of hands in the ring. She can be relied upon to, you know, put together a, a decent little TV match. And this absolutely was one. And uh, Nox won with the shiniest wizard. And uh, she will now receive a match with Becky Lynch. So good for her.
0: Yeah. She, r- rare praise for, for Natalia from us, but I agree. And then I think, for you know, because there was a lot of good stuff on Raw, we obviously can't go into all of it. Even Nia Jax. They gave Nia Jax, you know, some time to kind of establish her character again. She got the win over Zoe Stark. And whether you like Nia Jax or not, you have to kind of show her as a monster if you're going to have her around. So they're doing a good job of kind of getting her ready for potentially a big match with Becky Lynch or a big match with Rhea Ripley Ripley first. Yeah. But you know, we're we're going to be getting her in big matches because why would you not? You know, that's the whole point of bringing her back is that you can have people like Rhea and people like Becky give them a monster to work with. It's the, it's almost the Hogan treatment, you know, get a, get a monster in for them to face. So,
1: Exactly. I thought Nia did well on the promo. I mean, she said she squashed everyone. People really dislike her. I mean, they were booing her. Obviously, it wasn't Dominic Mysterio levels, but, and no one in wrestling uh, provokes the level of noise that Dominic Mysterio does. Um, nope. But, you know, the audience was really on Nia's case, and, you know, she loves it. She revels in it. You know, she works with it. She uses it to her advantage, and she was uh, confronted by Stark. And um, you know, Nia Jack scored a convincing, you know, victory over Zoe Stark. And, you know, that's Zoe's role is to put over the monster who's gonna wrestle Rhea. Rhea's still out by the way, selling her injuries from the attack by Naya two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, you know, this is that's gonna be a big match. Probably not fast lane. I would I'm not sure when that's gonna take place, but it's surely not gonna be fast lane. No, I think it'll no. be too soon. Maybe Rhea will return on Monday to confront Naya and I don't know I don't know when that's going to happen but we know the match is going to happen at some point but yeah I thought Naya did well here
0: and the Drew McIntyre slow build heel turn continued with the match with Kofi on this show and I think they're doing a really excellent job with the Drew thing because I I mentioned a few weeks ago about how it reminds me a little bit of the Shawn Michaels 97 heel turn where You know, he he did he did what he was supposed to do, and then the fans turned on him. And Drew was absolutely shafted by Jey Uso in the bloodline, and now the fans love Jay. So Drew's got a reason to be annoyed at that and annoyed at Cody for bringing Jay to Raw. And then while this is all going on, we've had the New Day and Drew stuff, which is now parlayed into Drew being more villainous, and it's a slow burn, and I think they're doing a really good job with it. Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, I thought the match played really well between McIntyre and Kingston. And we had that story advancement afterwards. Ivar came out and he uh, beat up Xavier Woods at ringside. um, When Kingston was distracted um, by Ivar's attack on Woods, Uh, McIntyre had no hesitation. He hit the claymore for the one, two, three. And then afterwards... Um, when Ivor was beating down Kingston, McIntyre walked off. He was aware of what was happening, but chose not to save Kofi. He walked that stage, left Kofi to be uh, smashed to smithereens by Ivor. And uh, in fact, Ivor even hit the moonsault, which, you know, again, did provoke a really good response, but he needs to use that sparingly. If he does that moonsault every week, it'll very soon mean nothing. So I would advise WWE to say to Ivy, are just using that move in big matches? That's all. Not every week in a beatdown angle, because you're just going to wear it out. But yeah, I mean, this ticked a few boxes, this match between Drew and Kingston. And um, you're right, yeah, we can see Drew's turning heel. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's coming soon and good for him.
0: And good for us as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, we Dragon Lee had the match with Dominic Mysterio on this show and the crowd were really hot for it. Really hot for it. I mean, it helps that he was in there with Dom, obviously, because Dom is, as you say, gets the biggest reactions in wrestling in terms of hatred from the yeah. audience. So I thought that was a good thing. I I don't... I mean, it's hard for us to believe in WWE that a guy like Dragon Lee is going to do very well because historically that's not happened. But, you know, maybe in the Triple H era where Vince is too busy dying his moustache black, that he won't have time to veto everything and maybe Dragon Lee might get through one day. What, what do you think of his chances?
1: Yeah, I was watching some more of the, uh, the Joe Rogan experience uh, <laughs> with uh, the interview with Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. And, uh, I like Joe Rogan's, we've got to get Vince on here. And, uh, oh, that was just hilarious.
0: Can you just... imagine if Joe Rogan gets Vince McMahon on his podcast? I mean, it, we'll, we'll have material for for years from that. I mean,
1: Rogan was implying something. I'm not gonna say what he was implying on this podcast, but you can watch it for yourself to hear for yourself what he was implying about Vince. And it was a I can't whether it was Kurt or it was Joe Rogan saying, you know, Vince, he's only two years younger than Joe Biden, and like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, poor Joe, eh?
0: Poor Joe. So
1: But, um, yeah, I mean, Dragon Lee, I thought he did really well here. This, in in some ways, Kenny, this was Dominic Mysterio's biggest ever win in WWE. I was thinking about it because there's no Rhea Ripley. She's still selling the attack from Naya, as I already said. So uh, Mysterio had to win this one. Dominic had to win this one by himself, and he did so. After Dragon Lee accidentally crotched himself on the top rope, uh, Dom capitalized with a frog splash, and... um, yeah, this just, again, felt like, you know, the a big growth moment for Dominic Mysterio, that he wasn't, was allowed to win this match by himself. And I thought it was a really good match. I'm going to say when Dragon Lee turned up in NXT, I was like, mm, you know, I'm not really, I don't think I'm going to really get into this guy. And he's done well in every match I've seen of his in NXT. And he did really well here also. So, I mean, he did himself so many favours here in this match. And, um, yeah, I can see him being brought up to the main roster, you know, fairly soon based upon the quality of of this match and, more importantly, the reaction to him.
0: Indeed. Well, listen, that's – I mean, is there anything else from Roy you want to mention before we go? Or have have we covered enough stuff? I mean, I know there's loads. But if you want to mention one more thing, we can or we can call it there.
1: About uh, the only other thing I would say was, you know, the uh, Tommaso Ciampa, um, he beat Ludwig Kaiser and then demanded a title match with Gunter afterwards.
0: Yeah, so he so seems to be next in line.
1: Yeah, that's coming. And, um, you know, it felt like a good use of Ciampa. And um, I like the Kaiser and, you know, Giovanni Vinci storyline. You know, they are, they've had they had a falling out and Gunter's angry with Kaiser and Vinci for, you know, screwing up and you know, they've all, they've all got a role. Everyone's got a character and everyone's got a part to play that's individual to them. So I think this Gunter, Champa thing, you know, I think it's, you know, with Kaiser and Vinci involved, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and everyone's benefiting from it in some way.
0: Uh, well, listen, we will be, uh, yeah, and I agree, and I think Champa and uh, Gunter's going to be a good kind of stopgap before we see what Gunter does next. Do they go yes. back to Chad Gable? Do we have somebody else? We'll see. But, um yeah, listen, morning. thank you for all your support, everybody. Um, apologies that this podcast is late. It is on me. <laughs> there just seems to be no time this week whatsoever to to do anything. Do you know, last night was the first night that I got a full night's sleep in nine days. Wow. So it's... But um, I'm glad we got to do this today. And we've also got an overrun on Patreon, so do go check that out. And the bumper issue of Inside the Rotes magazine... With Bray White on the cover is available at Cidroatsmagazine.com or your local WH Smith. So yeah, thank you so much for all your support. And we'll talk to you soon, everybody.
1: If I be tonight, if
0: I'm sad tonight.